Welcome to the Dream for Others podcast. I'm Naomi Arnold, an award-winning business and life passion coach, writer, speaker, and human rights activist. This show features inspiring conversations with those who use their platform, passions, and uniqueness to make a difference in the world. If you are big-hearted, open-minded, a lifelong learner, and are on a mission to help create a better world, this is the podcast for you. Now let's get started and dream for others. Today I am honoured to have Mel Yates on the Dream for Others podcast. Mel is on a mission to raise 100000 for Beyond Blue, who focus on anxiety and depression awareness, and Love Your Sister, who raise money for cancer research. At the time of recording this interview, she is so close to reaching that target, so I'm crossing my fingers and toes that by the time this episode is released, she will have achieved the goal. How has Mel been raising that money? Well, she's been traveling around Australia, busking, playing her guitar, going to fundraisers and doing gigs to raise money for those charities. She also recently joined the Love Your Sister team founded by Samuel Johnson and Connie Johnson. Mel is a wonderful example of someone who is using her passions, talents, and personal story to make a difference. So I absolutely cannot wait to chat with her today. But before I do, if you haven't heard already, the Dream for Others team have a community over on Patreon where we are joining forces to bring you these podcast episodes and to hopefully turn the Dream for Others project into a philanthropic movement in itself. In fact, I'm going to purchase some of the Love Your Sister goodies to give some of the Patreon members when this episode goes to air. So please join us at patreon.com slash dreamforothers if you feel called. But enough about that. Let's chat to Mel. Hi, Mel. Thank you for joining me on the Dream for Others podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so, so happy that you said yes and very grateful, especially since I know you're very busy with the upcoming gigs and I'm sure you've got lots of socks to deal with for Love Your Sister and lots of things going on. We have 44,000 socks to send out in about two weeks or oh. a week. So, uh, yeah, a bit busy on my plate. Oh, my goodness. That is a lot of socks. <laughs> it's awesome, yeah. And can people still order them? They can. They can jump onto the Love Your Sister website and uh, grab them from our market. Fantastic. Hopefully where whoever's listening can can do that. But <laughs> I'm going to jump in and just say for, from what I was reading – you have over the past year driven over 35,000 kilometers now and done over 100 gigs and probably by the time this airs, hopefully, fingers crossed, raised over 100,000 for Love Your Sister and Beyond Blue. So first of all, congratulations. That's huge. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and secondly, for those who don't know what I'm talking about and aren't familiar with your story, they should be. So would you mind sharing with us a bit about how you came to be doing this and on this mission and doing this work that you're doing today? Yeah, for sure. So for the last year, I've been on the road, just traveling from town to town, busking uh, and raising money for Beyond Blue Mental Health and Love Your Sister, which is cancer research. Um, and about 20 months ago, I got this idea that I'd like to 
see if I could raise 20 grand in 20 months. Um, and I saw Sam Johnson, who's an Aussie actor, and um, he runs Love Your Sister. Um, I saw him on the Molly TV miniseries um, and then, like, really enjoyed that TV series. But then there was a press release saying that he was quitting acting um, because he wanted to focus on raising $10 million for cancer research. Um, so I didn't really know who he was at the time, so I did a bit of research and turns out he's not just some guy who acted in uh, a couple of great movies. Um, he actually unicycled around Australia for a year and raised a million dollars, well, $1.1 million for cancer research, uh, which is amazing. So yeah. I, got in, I got in touch with him um, through his Love Your Sister webpage and said, look, this is what I'd like to do. What do you reckon? And he called me that night really excited and he he said let's do this let's let's help you raise 20 grand uh, uh let's let's do this um so yeah it was really positive from the start and he's helped me all the way through this journey ah it's fantastic and then he upped it i believe from the 20,000 <laughs> yeah so we I, I worked at mount hotham for the last 5 years just doing winters and i held a fundraiser up there we raised about eight grand in a weekend uh, through raffles and auctions and he came up for it which was awesome and we by the end of it I was on about 18 grand and he goes well since you're so close to your original target why don't we up it to a hundred thousand dollars and I said challenge accepted and here I am today almost about to hit the hundred thousand dollars this weekend. That's amazing so amazing so when you initially came up with this idea. I'm going to travel around Australia with my guitar, busking and raising money for charity. Was that, did you just know that that was, this was an absolute yes and that you had to do this? Was there any fear or uncertainty or, you know, any inner voice trying to tell you to don't do this. This is a little bit um, out there. <laughs> so I know a lot of people, yeah. their brain kind of shuts this down when they have this idea. So I'm curious to know what was going on inside of you when you, when you thought about it. Yeah, the, the thought never actually crossed my mind that I wouldn't be able to do it. I guess now when I, I set my mind to something, I, I like to see it through. And um, I think with good good things happen. Um, mm. So with my positive story, I had a lot of people uh, get on board and support me throughout the journey. So I was never hungry. I was never without a place to sleep except for one night at the base of a mountain called Mount Monster. Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, <laughs> and where I slept in the car because it was um, Mount Monster and it was dark and there were animal noises around. So oh. I decided that I, I'd sleep in the car and not pitch the tent. Um, yeah, but other than that, I've had people contact me from around Australia and say, we'd love to host you. There's a bed and a meal here anytime you want it. Mm, it's amazing. So you've seen the best of a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How did they how did that happen? Was it through social media and through media and through the love your sister and other people's support that they even heard that you might need a place to stay and food to eat? Yeah, there were two really big ones. Um Sam did a post in August last year when he came up for my fundraiser at Mount Hotham. Um and I got a couple of thousand likes on Facebook and people offering around Australia. Um, and then the 7.30 report did a, a, a special on me or, a, a, sorry, the 7.30 report did a 
pro a bit of a program on me. Um, mm. And then I got another couple of hundred emails that night saying, oh, we'd love to host you. We'd love to do a fundraiser. We'd love you to play. Um, so, yeah, it went, it, yeah, I had a lot of support. That's fantastic. Do you, I know a lot of people want to contribute financially to some of these causes, but feel that they can't right now. And I guess you've seen it or experienced people giving in other ways as well and helping support you and the cause. Are you able to like talk about some of those ways? I think you've just mentioned some like by (laughs) housing and feeding you, (laughs) but like some other ways that people can help support you and, and causes like what you're doing. Yeah, I guess it's different from for every case. Uh, like for mine, it's quite unique because I'm travelling from place to place without a home for a year mm. um, and I needed a place, a safe place to sleep and um, a meal to eat. Uh, petrol money as well. Uh, people were sending me fuel cards from around, you know, around the country as well, uh, which was absolutely amazing because 100% of the donations that I raised went straight to the charities. I didn't take any of it for petrol money or for food. Mm. It's fantastic. Mm. So, um, yeah, people donated either a house. Someone actually bought me accommodation at a hotel for a night, uh, which was amazing. I've stayed in five-star hotels at Noosa Peppers Resort, which was fantastic, and I did a gig gig up there and they raised a couple of thousand for me, which was amazing. Um, I've just seen the best of the best of the world um, and, yeah, couldn't be any happier. Oh, that's wonderful. Did you have any moments where you were like, what am I doing? Yeah, for sure. Um, not as many as you'd think um, because there were just so much positivity every day. Like I could tell you, I could sit here and tell you thousands of stories for hours and I wouldn't run out of stories to tell you. <laughs> yeah. So when you had those, if you did have those moments, was it reminding yourself of all that positivity and the, the great things that were happening and it helped you get through that? Mm, yes, uh, kind of. Every time I had a down moment, I actually put it up on my Facebook page because mental health was one of the charities that I'm that I'm raising money for. Um, so if I was having a down day, I'd let people know. Um, and the comments that I got were so positive. There was one time where I was busking in Aubrey um, and I had about 50 bucks stolen out of my guitar case. Yeah, so that was I was so gutted because I'd turned my back for, you know, 30 seconds to have a chat with some people and turned around and all the all the notes in my case had been taken out. Um and I put it up on social. I'm like, I'm so sorry I've let you guys down, you know. Um I'm so disappointed that someone like I hope it, it's gone to I hope that they needed it more than I like more than I did. Mm. Um and People jumped on my Facebook um, and wrote amazing comments, but they jumped on my fundraising page and donated about $400 that night. Wow. Yeah. Um, And then people were like, if you're coming through this town, pop in, we'll give you $50 to cover it. It, Yeah. So um, every time I was down, something picked me up straight away. Mm. And I love that, how you you are open and vulnerable and share with, with people around how things are going? Yeah, I, one of the main points that I say at every gig is I hope people start a conversation, whether it's just a, hey, how are you? Or, hey, there's this chick busking around the um, busking around Australia for mental health. Have you mm. heard about it? Mm. Um, it just opens up this conversation about people 
talking about their mental health at the time or if, you know, oh, I'm really feeling really down about, you know, my dad passed away or we've been through this and we're going through a tough time. Um, and people tend to feel better when they talk about it instead of just holding it inside. Um, mm. But that's just my personal experience. It's not the case for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And is that partly what inspired you as well to go on this mission was to raise money because it's so important but also to have more of these conversations about such important things where where it is helpful for people oh yeah um my I've got a few stories about mental health in year nine um I actually had two friends killed when a tree landed on their tent during year nine school camp um, and the first I heard of it was sitting at home and seeing it on the news so that I was devastated. Um, you know, I was hoping that it wasn't my school and then I was hoping it wasn't my friends and then I was hoping, you know, it wasn't, you know, my close friends uh, and it happened to be my best friend, unfortunately. So um, we shared everything the same birthday. Yeah, um, yeah so that was really hard to get through. Um I actually pushed my friends and family away. I didn't want to hurt that badly anymore. Mm. Um, sorry. <laughs> I don't say sorry. It changes everything, something like that. I imagine inner and outer worlds completely rocked. Yeah. I mean, I was 15 at the time and it's not something that you need to go through at that age, you know. Um, and Beyond Blue had only just started the year before, so mental health wasn't something that was known. It wasn't out there and there wasn't the support that there is now, I guess, or the understanding about mental health. So mm. it took me a while to come out the other side. And part of what helped you come out the other side was was it having some of those conversations like you were saying earlier? Yeah, definitely talking. I didn't talk about it for ages. I was so angry and and so confused um, and it wasn't until I could look back and that I realised how how angry I had been and how much I had pushed everyone away hmm. um, but music also helped as well so <laughs> this collaboration of busking around Australia for mental health um, has been just absolutely wonderful. Yeah you are <laughs> As you might have guessed just from this podcast, I'm, <laughs> I'm so inspired and in awe of people who use their, you know, their strengths and their talents and their passions and their personal story and their struggles to do something that will, you know, help others and make a difference in some way. And that's why I was you know, thought I would try my luck with asking you <laughs> to come on here because you're such a beautiful and inspiring example of someone who's done that, who's combining those things. And I know that, you know, Connie and Sam and their team and Em there are, are similar as well. They were and are doing amazing things as well to try and progress some crappy things in this world. Um, and yeah. I imagine that you must be meeting all types of people when you're on this path, uh, <laughs> doing things like this as well. Yeah, definitely. There's been uh, been some characters, but there's been some really <laughs> inspirational people that I've met too. Yeah. There's a 13-year-old 
young man, I guess we call him now, called Campbell Ramis or Bumble, as he's known, uh, who makes teddy bears uh, and gives them away to sick kids or sick people who have cancer or had their house burnt down or something. Um, And it all started off when he wanted to give out flowers at Christmas because he wanted to make someone smile for Christmas. Uh, And he's just, he, he and his whole family are just the most beautiful people I've ever met. Um, and they are like family to me now, which is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, there's a guy called Jimmy Harrington who who walked around Australia um, like Sam instead of unicycling and raised, oh, what was it, um, $300,000 for the uh, the Brain Cancer Foundation. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I've, I spent a weekend with him and he, yeah, again, he's just one of the most remarkable guys nicest bloke that I've met on the road and yeah there's just so many people out there if you look for them it's amazing I'll have to look him up and send him a little (laughs) thank you my dad has brain cancer so that's one that hits close to home for me and I'm always very moved when I see people doing things to help with that too obviously yeah and he's yeah as I said he's one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet so definitely have a chat with him he's great I know when I was listening to you speak at Connie's memorial and you mentioned that you've experienced racism and sexism and and the not-so-great side of folk too <laughs> while you've been out and about, hopefully not too frequently, but <laughs> I know from chatting to people that it happens much more frequently than it should or, well... Mm. It happens much too frequently. I should have just ended the sentence there. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I was wondering, because we have been talking about things like this on the podcast lately and I'm I'm trying to raise more awareness of how prevalent it is and how horrible it is and how much it affects people, I'm wondering if you can just touch on, if it's okay, your experience of that while you've been out and about and what that's been like and how you'd hope to see it change and what we can do there. That's a big question with lots of parts. So just (laughs) (laughs) tackle whatever bits feel feel okay. (laughs) Yeah. um, Well, for those listening, I'm actually adopted from South Korea uh, and you wouldn't know that from the sound of my voice because it's it's quite Australian. Um, My mum's English, my dad's Australian, and I was adopted when I was five months old. And then just growing up in New South Wales, there's always that question that mum had, uh, are those kids yours, you know? And because adoption was quite new when, when mum and dad adopted us. Well, sorry, my sister's, my older sister is adopted as well um, from South Korea. And, yeah, we just grew up with all these questions and then as my sister and I got older, it was always like, oh, is that your dad or is that your partner? Or <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, just first impressions. People form their own opinion without really thinking, um, which is which can be quite awkward or difficult at times. Um, I do also get the question, so where are you from? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I'm from Sydney. <laughs> and they're like, but where are you from? from? And I'm like, um, North Sydney? Grew up in Sydney all my life? And they're like, oh, so where are you born? And I'm like, well, that's a completely different question. Um, so yeah, I I, I kind of play around with people as well if 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 I feel like it. So um, um, it is more the older generation that 
don't really get the whole adopted thing. Um, even though I sound really Australian, they're always like, oh, you know, you speak English really well. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. That's great. I did have one gentleman when I was working retail go, um, oh, he, he went to the changing rooms and came out and handed me the stuff that he didn't want. I said, oh, cheers, thanks for that. And he goes, cheers, that's not something you say now. Uh, it's, you know, you go out and have drinks with a mate and you say cheers. I'm like, okay, sir. Mm-hmm. And he goes, it's an Australian thing. You wouldn't understand. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so it's um, perceptions are interesting to, mm. to see how people react to me all the time. Mm. Even if you had been born here, they probably would continue to question you. Where are you really yeah. from? <laughs> yeah, where are your parents from? You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. Which no one would ever ask me, you know, as a no. white woman. They'd ask me where I'm from and I'd say Queensland and they'd be like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also you've people with perception as well, they'll quite often think you're a guy too from what I was. Yeah. yeah. I, I really, I quite prefer jeans and a T-shirt. In fact, I'm wearing that right now. <laughs> um, and you know, I'm I'm quite flat chested, so I I yeah I wear a lot of jackets and hoodies, and I do dress like a boy, but I've got long hair and quite well. I don't know. I've been told that I have a feminine face, and um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and um, yeah, unfortunately, I get called sir a lot. Like I could I couldn't count how many times I've been called sir, um, and. Yeah, at first it really bothered me, but now it's like, oh, you know, I just caught caught Sir again and have a laugh about it. So, um, Mm. yeah, I think other other people are more offended than I am. (laughs) Mm. Like you mean like your friends and family and people around you? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And is there, do they speak up when they're around? Do they say, hey, (laughs) that's not right? (laughs) Well, they're so used to it now too that they roll their eyes with you. Pretty much. Like I, I I'm not I don't like to cause confrontation or anything. So if people want to think that I'm a sir, then that's that's fine with me as long as it's, you know, not in a public restroom. Uh, I did have one alter well, not an altercation, but one instance where I was in the female I'd just shaved my hair off, um, because I'd hit ten thousand dollars raised and I was in a public restroom washing my hands as you do and a lady walked into the bathroom looked at me stopped looked at the door because there's a picture of you know the woman's bathroom on the sign and looked at me again and I'm like can I help you and she was like oh no and then did her business and I'm just like oh it's starting again (laughs) you know even my son who's just turned four has socialised that girls have long hair and boys have short hair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so already at that age, you know, I'm having chats with them about, well, that's not necessarily true and yeah, actually it's not that simple as boy and girl anyway and, um, <laughs> and he's four. So I can just imagine that by the time, especially I don't know about when you went to school but when I went to school things were were different too and I imagine for the older generation even more different that 
they, I guess, have been socialised to think that way. Yeah, and even in schools, you know, the girls wear dresses or or kilts and Mm. the the boys wear shorts or long long pants. And I always wanted to wear shorts or long pants, you know. It's – I hate skirts. I don't even own I own one dress and I've never owned a high heel, a pair of high heels. So yeah, I'm more comfortable in jeans and a sneaker. Mm. Mm. <laughs> yes, don't even get me started on this. We'll, we'll go on a completely <laughs> different tangent. <laughs> now I know that when you've been out on the road that not only have there been some of these things that have happened, but of course things haven't always gone to plan. And I know recently you shared around um, when you were trying to help the homeless folk in Melbourne, things didn't go to plan. Yeah. And you once again did one of those posts, you know, I'm a bit I'm a bit down about this. Sorry, guys, this didn't work out exactly how I thought. And you had these beautiful comments coming back as well. Um, so I was just wondering when you have those moments where things don't go to plan and you're so passionate and on mission, how do you get through them? Is it the same? Is it the conversations and the connecting with your community or are there other things you do too? Yeah, I have a really good support network with um, just a few really close friends and they're always so supportive of anything that I do. Like my best mate and I went out and took the tokens to, to the homeless and I'm just happy in hindsight look that they are well fed enough fed well enough that they can say no to a free bottle of water or um you know some food so you know something is being done right in in Melbourne that they they all they need to do is busk is get money for a safe place to sleep um and you know that was one of the key things for me as well just finding food and a safe place to sleep while I was on the road for a year mm-hmm. um so I guess that really touched um touched my heart a bit I was at Connie's mem- well I was we were looking at St Paul's Cathedral where Connie's memorial was being held um and I could see all the homeless around um and I'd, I wanted to do something to make someone smile because I was feeling so down about, you know, because Connie had just passed away. Um, and I thought I thought back to this story that I'd heard about Macca's tokens being used to feed the homeless. So I thought maybe that's what I could do. And, you know, we set out and I, at first I was a bit hesitant and, you know, I wasn't sure if I could talk to the these, you know, they're still people. Mm. <laughs> um, a lot of them have mental illness. Not all of them do, but um, and it can be a quite con- quite confrontational to to have someone rant at you about you know drugs or money or or anything like that. Yeah. So whilst it didn't work out, it did work out. I uh, had a tea. Uh, I had had a coffee with a lady um, who mentioned that she worked for the homeless youth, and the 80 tokens that I'd collected, well, that people had sent me from around Australia, I gave to her and she took all the kids out uh, for a meal and dessert at Macca's. So, um, yeah, it worked out in the end. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, I, yeah, throughout this whole year, everything worked, has worked out. Uh, when I first began, I didn't have a car and I was called a girl, her car and her guitar. <laughs> um, and someone heard me on the radio and donated a car for me to use for a year, Sh- uh, Shepparton Goodfellows, uh, which was absolutely amazing. 
Um, all I had to do was pay for a service, um, you know, every 10,000 kilometres, as you do. Yeah. Um, I've had strings donated by Elixir, uh, my favourite guitar strings ever, um, mm. which was fantastic. I had a loop pedal donated, um, which I've just upgraded, um, and I'm playing my second gig on on it this weekend. So I'm really excited <laughs> about that. Um, and, it, yeah, it's just been positive after positive thing that's happened to me this year and it's quite the journey I'm not sure what if I can top it next year yeah you've sure set the bar high I know right (laughs) so are you someone that when you're just getting around you have these ideas just land on you for how you can do these things do you ever have any and you're like nah that's a terrible idea and (laughs) (laughs) or do they just land you like I'm doing it (laughs) Yeah, I'll give anything a go, really. Um, I grew up in a family that always encouraged me to do something. So, yeah, I'm not a person who's going to say, oh, no, I can't can't do that. So, yeah, it's um, been a lot of fun if you say yes to things. Yeah, no wonder why Sam wanted to snap you up and get you working (laughs) with him. (laughs) Yeah, it's been great working with Love Your Sister. Yeah, I can imagine. It would never be a dull day. That's for sure. (laughs) So while you're doing all of this, while you have all of these um, passions and this this mission that you're on and that I know you, you are working really hard and, and those around you are as well to, to see some change in these areas, how do you, how do you take care of yourself through, through all of that too and do you struggle? I know a lot of people, and myself included, goes through waves where it's really hard to balance that self and other and not burn out while you're advocating for change and working so hard to see change and so focused on it. Have you ever experienced that tension? And regardless of your answer, how do you manage that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Never really had tension as such. Um, Love Your Sister is pretty full on. Like sometimes we're pulling 14-hour days, you know, so it, it's it's really busy on the lead up from now till Christmas, really, and then hopefully we'll get a few weeks off over January just to calm down a bit, um, take a breather um, until our next you know big thing that's happening. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's been really exciting. Like Sam won Victorian of the Year, um, and it's just been full on since then. Um, who knows what what else is going to happen? Um, but we, yeah, we do take time out to ourselves um I, I I'm a secret gamer at heart and I just bought a PlayStation 4 <laughs> um and Sam and I have been playing Need for Speed for a while so um yeah we we take time out for ourselves for sure um we do need a, a mental break yeah yeah for sure well it sounds that's good that you you manage to do that and it sounds like you do that fairly naturally yeah, 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 yeah. We it, it's love your sister. We get to work our own hours, um, and generally we work more than than we should, just because we love what we do. And there's just mm. so much. I mean, we're a group of four or five key people um, doing the work of a hundred people yeah. <laughs> at the moment. So yeah, yeah. When you're so passionate about something, it can feel like a form of self and self care, anyway. <laughs> Because you're just so exactly. into it. Mm. Yeah, it's not a job when you love what you do. Mm. Mm. And you've kind of 
I think, answered this in a way. But are there people who or or like organisations or people, whichever, that really inspire you on this path and kind of channel this passion and this energy and that perhaps you look to as mentors or role models? Sam is probably my biggest key role model and has been for the last 20 months since I've been on the road Um, and it's really great that I get to work so closely with him now. Um, I visited him uh, about eight months after we'd first started emailing and we still didn't really know each other very well Um, but we hiked up a hill uh, and watched the sunset and just talked about, you know, his year on the road and how he coped mentally and physically and, and compared it to my kind of journey on the road as well. Like whilst I'm not on a unicycle, uh, which is mind-blowing that he did that for a year, um, <laughs> I could never do it. Um, it's We had a lot of similarities. Like we've both been through mental health. Um, we've both had cancer touch our families. My cousin's had cancer twice the second time he had a double lung transplant. Uh, and now he runs marathons and triathlons, which is really inspirational. Mm. Um, you know, and cancer runs in most people's families, which is um, devastating. You know, it, it can definitely tear a family apart or affect them in in definitely affect them yeah um so yeah it's just sharing lots of stories and similarities and it's been really cool to have him to ask questions about my journey and what he did in this instance or how how did he get through it so yeah I'm I'm really really proud to know Samuel Johnson Mm, I have a feeling that that might be mutual too (laughs) I hope so (laughs) I don't want to speak on behalf of a man I've never met, but, you know, (laughs) just a feeling. (laughs) So for those who are listening to you, and I know there will be many who will feel this way, uh, that they really want to make a difference in some way and they have no idea how to start or where to start, is there anything that you would say to them? I guess just start with an idea. It doesn't matter how big or small it is. Um, ideas grow and grow and grow. Like if you have a chat with someone about, hey, I've, I've got this stupid idea about busking around Australia, <laughs> what do you reckon? <laughs> it kind of grew into from, you know, from 5,000 to 10,000 to 20,000 to 100,000. Um, but just be mindful about what you can achieve don't set your goal too high. Like I knew I'd never raise a million dollars, so I never raised the target to a million. Mm. Um, But, yeah, don't set yourself up for failure and always have a chat with someone about your idea, I guess. Mm. Surround yourself with positive people. Um, Like if you surround yourself with people who say, oh, it can't be done, Mm. then you won't won't do it, you know? Yeah, it makes such a big difference. And And even in, you know, business and in work, that that is the case so we sometimes forget how important that is on on you know passion pursuits and and on trying to make a difference too definitely I mean if you work in a positive workplace it makes the biggest difference than if you work in a job that you're just there for the money Mm. yeah and where you can't talk to people when things are are tough or yeah exactly I mean you want to keep your um your private life and your work life separate, but mm. you 
you, you're not, you know, you're at work a lot more than you are at home. Yeah. We spend more time with them than our families sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So finally, what's next? You're about to hit that 100,000 mark. Um, what's, what's going to be next for you and for Love Your Sister and how can we support you with whatever is next? <laughs> um yeah I'm I'm not too I'm not quite sure what's the big plan uh, but I'm working for Love Your Sister as I mentioned before and doing I'm I get to I have the fun job of researching new merchandise items for Love Your Sister um so we've sold a million dollars worth of socks we've got some new key rings coming out um and a whole bunch of merchandise that that will release in January which is really exciting um, and I can't wait for everyone to absolutely love the new, um, the rainbow logo that um, one of our designers has created. So, yeah, that's um, that's really exciting. Um, but people can still fundraise and have me come and play some tunes if they so wish. Um, and they can head to my Facebook page or they can contact Love Your Sister as well. Ah, fantastic. That all sounds wonderful and it doesn't sound good for my bank balance because I think I... <laughs> I think I buy every new piece of <laughs> merchandise or thing that comes out on that site. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with I know by the time this airs it'll it'll that chapter might be closed with your final gigs, but good luck with them. I hope you have so much fun and I hope you I know you'll hit the the, the number. Hopefully it yeah. even surpasses it by a bit for you. No pressure though. Um, yeah, I'm, not, I'm really excited to see how, how far I can get past the $100,000. Yeah, because where are you at the moment at recording this? You're quite close already, aren't you? I'm on about 96000 Yeah. And I plan to hit that this weekend at my gig on Saturday, on, at the Brunswick Hotel. Yeah, fantastic. So for those who are listening, I'll put all the links in the show notes to your Facebook page and to Love Your Sister. So you can head over there to support Mel and the Love Your Sister team who are doing such amazing things to progress change an area that is touching all of us. I think every, every person and every family has been touched by cancer as we were saying, and also by mental health. So it is so important. I feel so very grateful to you for what you are doing. Oh. <laughs> it's just thank amazing. Thank you so much. And thank you for taking time to chat with me about all of these random questions all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been a great interview. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Dream for Others podcast with Naomi Arnold. For episode notes, further inspiration, and access to my free resources, please visit NaomiArnold.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to please subscribe, leave a review in iTunes, and share it with your friends or peers. Let's continue to dream for others, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.